Good morning. Welcome back to Chop for Time. I'm I'm Devin. I'm here with Ben. We have Sean with us today and Thomas back here taking care of all the cameras. We're going to start off with the word of prayer. Sean, would you do this honor to open up stuff today? Uh, dear Lord, thank you for just having us here today. I just pray that um, as we dive into your word, I just pray that you're with us. Um, and Lord, you just kind of lead this and um, lead the discussion. And you pray, amen. Amen. Awesome. So we've been taking a look at um, when the brook runs dry. And first of all, let me just remind you, if you haven't subscribed to this channel, we ask that you subscribe. Please hit that like button. This gets it out to many more people. And that's that's really the focus here is we want to bless and cause an increase in people's lives as much as possible. With that, let's come back to the um the chop for time. The reason we're here, we we you preached. You've been preaching a sequence of when the brooks runs dry, based upon Elijah and his uh, declaring the drought, and then going to the widow. And this last week we talked about Mount Carmel, the ascendancy for you know him. And so, can you give us a recap of that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, first off, let me apologize for my voice. Uh, just for everybody, this is. Uh, Good old-fashioned sinus infection hitting hard, so if you hear me clearing my throat quite a bit today, I, I apologize for that. But going back to the message on Sunday, we we camped out in, you know, why do I always say camped out? It's just one of those colloquialisms, as Thomas would say. Yeah, it's a good word. Yeah, thanks, man. First <laughs> um, Kings 18, uh, see, was it 16 through 39, is the account of Elijah's encounter with the prophets. We really stuck in verse 21, where Elijah makes the proclamation of how long will you waver between two opinions? Mm -hmm. If Yahweh is God, serve him. If Baal is God, serve him. Mm -hmm. So they have this showdown. And we didn't focus really on the showdown so much as we did that wavering between two opinions and how Elijah had proven himself worthy at least of living out a life of obedience to where his message matched up with his lifestyle. Mm. Like his lifestyle did not contradict what his words were saying. We, we challenged ourselves a little bit from that in, in our modern times of as we're calling things out as we're standing up for what we feel is right and the truth, uh, we have to make sure that when we're giving voice to that, we've got to have the life to back it up. Amen. Got to have that lifestyle to back it up. But just looking at this account of this wavering between two opinions uh, and how God is calling us in our lives to truly not sit on the fence. You know, not be the Laodicean church in Revelation, not be lukewarm, be hot or cold, you know, mm -hmm. Yahweh or Baal, one of the two, man, make a decision. Yes. Um, and, and that's that's really where we what we focused on. And and you had four takeaways. Can you kind of share those with that? I thought those are phenomenal. Yeah. The, the first one is that when you're in the will of God, no matter what your situation is, it's going to be ultimately for your good and it's going to be for his glory. Uh, the second one was that God requires complete allegiance, Amen. like total, total allegiance to him. Uh, third is that for us, never lose sight of the fact that the prayer of faith 
in our lives is our most powerful weapon. Mm. And the last one was, you know, don't, don't underestimate the power of a life well lived for God, totally devoted to God. Amen. Good stuff. Um, We're just going to move around. I'm just going to ask each person what stood out. So Sean, as you were listening to the message, what stood out for you this week? Uh, Yeah. You know, um, it was definitely the being stuck between two opinions. Um, For me, I'm such a people pleaser that like when, I think I have the idea of what I want to do versus what I feel like other people want me to do. I get really get, kind of get stuck, and ultimately I kind of roll over. So um, the being stuck between two opinions really kind of hit me. You know, as one of those I just it's like, man, amen. Good stuff, Thomas. What about you? What stood out to you this week? Uh, very similar, actually. Like. I don't know, maybe it's just a youth ministry thing that we love to please people, but um, I can't remember exactly where it is. Um, but, you know, when, when Paul says, if I wanted to please people, I wouldn't follow Christ, mm. kept come to my mind. Ooh, like, yeah. That's yeah. like, I hate that verse because, you know, it's just like, <laughs> it just is so clear. You know, sometimes you get those passages that are just kind of like fluffy and you right. have to do some digging. And then sometimes Paul's just like, just don't do this. <laughs> or like, don't be like this. Um, but no, I just, I, I think... I think it's really easy for us to listen to sermons about, you know, Yahweh versus Baal, 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 but that guy, um, and uh, <laughs> and and you know, fireballs coming down from heaven, and you know, priests slashing themselves to to get their God's attention, and think that we are so far removed from that problem. But I think you did a great job of just doing the doing the hermeneutics of just saying like we still deal with this, like whether it's money, whether it's fame, glory, popularity, all this kind of stuff. Like we, we have to make a decision. Like, are we going to, you know, are we going to be the God of our own lives? Or are we going to, you know, let, let Yahweh be God. And I just thought it was a great challenge. Amen. I think for myself was the last point that you mentioned, you know, never, don't ever take for granted what your life in Christ will count for other people. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Elijah is a great example of, you know, has life counting. You know, he comes, declares a drought, he goes to the widow, and basically, you know, through God working in his life and her life, you know, she comes to faith in Christ. And then all the people finally say, the Lord, he is God. Mm-hmm. And they bow down and worship. Um, of course, it has to take a sign, you know, all that stuff right there, the, the fire getting licked up. But I just, I love that. If we're living for Christ and, you know, I don't have to get on the street corner and preach. I mean, God can call. Nothing wrong with that. If God calls you to do that, amen. But, you know, I don't have to do that. I just need to live my life for Christ. And then he's going to put me where he wants me to be so that my life is shining for his glory. And I just, you know, that's powerful to me. Um, And I think that's what the key point is. We talked beforehand about where we want to go in this chop for time is we were talking about obedience because that was Elijah. He was yeah. obedient to do whatever God said, you know, and we, we're not going into his point where he runs just because you, know, you dealt with that uh, in 2021, but um, is a point that he was, he followed God's command and did what he did. And, and he had a huge influence in the nation of Israel. So um, there's you talked about that there's let's let's talk a little bit about obedience yeah let's let's try to do some practical stuff with that because it's one thing for us to be able to sit here and talk about you need to be obedient to christ Mm -hmm. um which you do (laughs) you need to follow what he wants for your life 
yeah, which you do. But okay, so what what does that look like? Yeah, on, on in some ways, um, because I mean, I've been having a <clears throat> excuse me back and forth conversation with a young man here recently of what does it look like to like be sold out? Mm. You know, to just go after God in every area with everything. And I, I think that there's a few things that we can point people towards um, that really, um, you know, really helps us in this. And and the first is, as cliche as it might sound, I think that we just our affection has to be pointed towards Christ. Mm-hmm. Like I, we have to love Him, mm-hmm. love Him more than anything else. Elijah, in his obedience. Going before a king, the first step, the first time that we're introduced to this Tishbite is when he is standing in front of a king declaring a drought. You don't know what the outcome of that's going to be. All right. I mean, really, you're, you're kind of taking your life into your own hands right there of just Off going. Yeah, right. Um, not even with let them eat cake. So, you know, I mean, just but you've got this guy whose affections are so pointed towards God. Mm. That his obedience is like, all right, it's going to put me in a bad situation, but you know, I'm, I'm following him. So I think the first thing that we have to do to be obedient is to love Christ. Hmm. And we love him above and beyond anything else. And that's that's a super challenging thing. You know, we talked about a little bit on Sunday that um, you know, the disappointment that his hope would never lead us into disappointment. And if we were walking in areas of disappointment in our lives, then there's a good chance that the love of Christ has not encountered that area. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, First John four eighteen, which we talked about, also is there is no fear in love because perfect love casts out all fear. There's an area of fear in your life, then that's God exposing to you an area where His love does not have residence mm-hmm. in your life. Amen. So. You've got to love him and you've got to love others. And we see John, you know, in in the gospel of John, just talk. He gives us such a great picture of God is love mm. and how he expects us to love others. And, and John 14 would be a great place to kind of go with that, I believe. Yes, I'm there. I will read um, John 14, 15. Is that OK? Go for it, man. You got the microphone. Yes. If you love me, keep my commandments very i mean that's basic pretty simple comments let's let's talk sean what do you think about that verse what does it speak out to you um i'm a very simple person so you know just that if you love me obey you know obey my commandments so it's very cut and dry there's no there's no gray area it's if you love me obey that's what i love about it nice and simple thomas yeah we actually are going through john's letters on our wednesday night group and first john says almost exactly the same thing so it seems definitely a john theme he seems to be very passionate about this um but uh so in first john chapter 2 verse 3 onwards he says uh, we know that we have come to know him uh, if we keep his commandments whoever says i know him but does not do what he commands is a liar and the truth is not in that person mm. but if anyone obeys his word love for god is truly made complete in them um uh, verse 7, he says, Dear friends, I'm not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you have had since the beginning. The, this old command is the message you have heard, yet I'm writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and in you because the darkness is passing and the true light has already come. And this idea of like 
like following or having true love for people. I think our, our culture is really for love. Like our, our culture is really passionate about love. But I don't know if it's passionate about biblical love because mm. biblical love is following Christ. Mm. Um, and everything else flows out of that. Whereas like worldly love is just like this fluffy, <laughs> like it's following emotions. Yeah. And just accepting everybody yeah. for the sake of accepting everybody, mm-hmm. which um, can obviously be very dangerous. Yeah. I think uh, just to add just a quick tagline onto that. I think that if you're looking for something from, you know, if you love me, keep my commandments, obey my commandments, read Psalm 19. It's a fantastic chapter mm-hmm. on the benefits. I mean, just to be honest with you, yes. the benefits of obeying God's commands. Mm. It's a wonderful chapter. That, that's maybe something we don't actually talk about enough is that we always make it sound like following the commandments of of Christ or keeping his precepts or whatever the phrasing is. We make it we always make it sound like a chore. And um, which sometimes it can be, but we never a lot of the times we kind of forget that it's actually for our good. Yeah. Like it's not just for his good, like, but it's also for our good as well. And I think we kind of forget that sometimes because, you know, um, it's maybe not what we want, but oftentimes what's best for us isn't necessarily what we want, you know? Yeah. So, you know, we always talk about looking for a full life and actually having a full life and living life to its fullest comes from Christ himself, you know, um, which is kind of a cult- countercultural way of looking at, at love, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Psalm 19 actually has eight, I think it's eight promises or benefits mm-hmm. of following his commands. Amen. Um, I too also agree, you know, it's, it's, it's so important that we look at, you know, when we're obedience versus, Hey, because it's not a list of do's and don'ts. You know, God's not saying, Hey, I want you to line up your life against these do's and don'ts. When we talk about loving someone, loving, caring, we want to become like them. We're spending time with them. We're growing. And I think that's the next aspect that we were talking about earlier as far as obedience, as far as, hey, being that person. How do you get to a person where, you know, you're going to love God and not just in the moments where you're singing a hymn or on Sunday morning or Wednesday night or whatever night it is or time it is that you come and do, um, you know, corporate worship, you know, but in the in the dark moments. In the quiet moments, you know, are we going to love God then? I think that's really one of the things we talk about. If we go to John chapter 15. Yeah, we see the next one, I believe. And I think this is so important because, you know, who we hang around is who we're going to become like. Mm-hmm. You know, you know I, I always told people, if you if you want to be a football player, you better start hanging around some football players. Tennis player, go hang around some tennis players. If you want to be a, a, a good Christian, you need to hang around some Christians that really are in love with Jesus. Follow me as I follow Christ. Exactly. Yeah. So let's uh, read this passage. Do you want to read a passage? I don't want to stretch your voice out too much. What do you think? Uh, what, what passage? John 15. John let's 15. do John 15, and we're going to do a little chunk here. Uh, you want to do one? Let's do one through seven. All right, I can do that. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do not bear fruit so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Abide in me, and I will abide in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you abide in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. 
Anyone who does not abide in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be given to you. Well, and let's just go around the room and just ask, what does the you know word abide kind of stand out to you, and what do you think some of the aspects of obedience works for that? You starting with me? Yes, sir. Okay, tag, I'm in. Um, I, I just think that it remain, keep him in focus, mm-hmm. that everything that you do is filtered through the lens of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we, we all have additional endeavors that we do, whether it be work, hobbies, um, family events, things like that. We all have interests outside of the church and there's nothing wrong with that sure but jesus did not come so that he could be a supplement to those things right like he came to be again he requires our full allegiance those need to supplement our relationship with him and that's to me that's what abiding means is that striving for that connection with him at all times in all things. Awesome. Nice. Sean, what about you? Bro? Yeah, I mean, um, he said it really well. Um, I'm reading out of the NLT, so it says remain in me. And I think that's just such a big, big word there is that remain is just always having your eyes fixed upon him and ev- doing everything for him. So, Amen. Amen. Good stuff. Thomas, how about yourself? Yeah, uh, the... Abide isn't a word we use very often, so it's always one that... I, that uh, I, I find remain is very helpful. It helps me translate in my head into modern day England. And um, it, uh, like this idea of like remaining somewhere is just to stay at all times. <laughs> like, like kind of what Buzzy was saying, like staying at all times doesn't mean to be there for a little while. And then every so often you can step out, go do what you want and then come back. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's a, it's a 24-7 lifestyle experience of staying with Christ always. Um, and I think that's just a good challenge in that in everything that we do, you know, this Sunday we're talking about a lot of stuff. One of the questions is, you know, um, what does the Bible say about choosing a career? I don't say, I think it says a whole lot other than don't choose one that requires sin. Right. <laughs> um, but you can be a, you can be in ministry in any single job that, that you can think of. Um, in some capacity, uh, as long as you remain in him wherever you are, you know. Um, and that's the beauty of having the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit comes with us any, everywhere that we go. So we don't even have to be somewhere physical. We don't have to stick in, inside a church building all the time to remain in him because he remains in us. I think that's kind of that back and forth of, you know, remain in me, I'll remain in you and all this kind of stuff. So I think it's a, um, I think it's a challenge just to have him in our focus like you said all the time I think it's a really good way of looking at it I, I too I agree you know the the timing mean, I think when I think of by I think connection mm-hmm. you know connection is so important and remaining connected to Christ you know that's what the 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 branch has to be connected to the tree if it's not connected if it falls on the ground it's a dead branch and I you know it's so important when we're talking about obedience it comes from connection it doesn't come from uh, my list of do's and don'ts you know that's deadness the Bible says the law kills but the spirit gives life and I think that's so important 
important when we're thinking, how do I stay connected? Well, yes, I'm going to be obedient to him, but I'm falling deeper in love with Jesus. If it's not about a love relationship with him, then it's going to be dead. You know, and I think that's really important. Jesus wants you to get connected to him. He wants you to stay in him. He, he's going to nurture us and cause us to be fruitful and joyful in any of the fruit of the spirit, which is who doesn't want to be loving and joyful and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, all those wonderful things in our lives. And I think that's so important right there because that's God's process for us. And not that it's not going to be easy abiding and staying connected. He said he's going to prune us. Man, that hurts. I pruned some trees before. They bleed and they, sap comes out of them. You know, they don't like that kind of stuff, but it makes them more fruitful in the long run. So important right there. Um, let's take a look at, we talked about three aspects. So the first one, can you list those three aspects for us? Yeah. The, the first one was just loving God. You know, loving him above and beyond anything else. Second was remaining in him, abiding in him. And I think the third one is yielding or submitting to him. And as we're here talking about Jesus and his words, I don't think that there is a more powerful example of someone yielding their will or their desires to God more than what we see Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Amen. Amen. That's in uh, Matthew chapter 26, right? Let's go mm-hmm. flip over there if you can. Matthew 26, and if we read Matthew 26, you said Matthew 26, 36, right? Yep. So if we look at that, um, how about we just read all the way just to verse 39, and we can kind of go from 36 to 39. Sean, can you read those for us? It's uh, 26, 36 through 39. Then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and he said, Sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. He told them, My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little farther and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. I mean, what a powerful passage. Yeah, I mean, just, I mean, if we don't see yielding and submitting there, I don't know where we're going to see it. I mean, he even makes the the claim, you know, to James and John, my soul is crushed with grief mm. to the point of death. And then, you know, my father, if it's possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet, yeah, not what I want. It's what, it's what you want. Those are hard words. Yeah. Yeah, it's the ultimate ultimate show of obedience, in my opinion. Amen. It, it literally cost him his life. Sean, what stands out to you there? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I think we all think of situations we've been in that have felt crappy, mm-hmm. but I think this is just that ultimate, like, man, gut punch, you know? Um, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Mm-hmm. But he's not giving up. He still says, if this is the only way, this is the only way. Amen. And I think that's just, you know, that's just so powerful. Yeah. Amen. Nice stuff. Thomas. Yeah, I, I love that just Jesus is the perfect example of what humanity is supposed to be. And I love that, like, you know, Jesus is fully God, of course, but he's also fully man simultaneously, however that works. Yes. You know, yes, for but, sure. um, you know, it's one of those things where it always just blows me away his his ability to yield in that moment. And submitting is obviously one of those weird words in our culture where, you know, it, it can be very sensitive and people don't really like to talk about it too much. But 
every single human being, including Christ himself, was called to submit mm. um, to God the Father. Um, uh, you know, everybody in this room, you know, we're all called to submit and it's a challenge that we're all going to have to face. And I just love that Jesus doesn't just tell us, hey, go submit to Christ without giving us an example, mm. you know. And we, we have this moment in Scripture where we see Christ submitting uh, everything in that moment. I mean, like like we heard in the... Uh, when he was in the wilderness, like he could call a legion of, a legion of angels to come and save him mm. at any moment, yeah. and it would happen. Mm. Yes. You know, he could do all of that stuff because he is he is Christ, but he chooses to submit to the Father um, in the moment, which which is astounding. I think <laughs> if any of us were faced with um, crucifixion and we could get out at any moment, <laughs> I think we'd all get out <laughs> at any moment. Yeah, you know, yeah. but he's he's better than that, so. Yeah, I like that, you know, because it is that submission, you know, having absolute power and authority, and he chooses to just say, you know, I lay this down, Uh, you know, because we're going to have times where we're not feeling it. You know, I'm not feeling like I want to go through this trial or be obedient at this point in time. Our love relationship with the Lord is going to be tested, and I think that's a key aspect where we say, you know, I'm going to go on. I'm going to go on and trust you, even in this moment that I don't feel like trusting you. I don't feel this, you know, and I think that's a key aspect of love. We want to, you know, Amer- uh, often we think of love as emotion, this, oh, you know, like Thomas was saying earlier, white fluffy cloud, you know, so good. Jesus was loving us, going to the cross for us, mm-hmm. not feeling it, you know, but the Bible says for the joy, you talked about that, yeah. for the joy that was set before him and doing, he saw us and said, man, I see them my sons in glory and I'm going to go there. And you talked about a, a while back, you preached a whole message on Philippians chapter two. Mm-hmm. We're talking about being like Christ and that he humbled himself even to the point of death. And I think those are so key aspects. So you have that loving God, of abiding in God and yielding to God. That's what makes us obedient. And that's the key aspects right there. Let's, um, any, any, let's take some takeaways from here. Takeaways. We'll start off with Thomas this week. <laughs> uh, I yeah, all all the stuff we've just been saying. I think the the abiding and remaining it's it's a one hundred percent of the time thing. I think is an important call. I mean, I think what Ben, what you were saying. We we talk a lot about the importance in ministry of having a little creative outlet on the side, mm-hmm. um, and that's important just to keep ourselves going and keep ourselves sane. Um, but to never just abandon Christ in those moments is to still have Him as our focus. I think is a really good challenge. Amen. Sean. Take yeah, um, I think my biggest takeaway is that John 15, you know, um, we're going to have branches cut away and it's going to hurt really mm-hmm. bad, but not to just give up or just say, OK, I'm done. But, you know, keep po- fighting and keep pushing and keep moving on and growing that relationship with Jesus and God. Amen. Um, my takeaway is, uh, you know, the part of the abiding is I have to get to know him. You know, and I have to spend time with him. That means I'm going to have to spend time in prayer. If I don't, I'm not going to grow in it. If I have to spend time in his word, if I don't, I won't get to know what he says to me. And that's our key aspects. If, if you think you know Jesus, but you're not doing those two things, you, you're not really getting to know him. He's not just some kind of thing you just make up and, hey, I'm just going to make. So I think that's really important abiding. That's my takeaway. Yeah, I'm, I'll just provide kind of a takeaway from the whole of the study of Elijah that we've done in, in January from obedience, Mm. you know, and if if you're wondering in your life, which all of us do frequently, it's like, what does it look like to completely sell out to God, you know, live and be obedient in all things. 
I, I would just encourage you to do a little bit of an inventory of what you do with your life hmm. um, and then go, am I glorifying God in this? You know, like is, is his will being done in this area at my job, at my relationships, at, at whatever pursuit that I'm taking and then evaluate those and find out the answer. Am I glorifying God in these things? If the answer is no, then there's a couple other questions you have to ask. Can I? Is it possible for me to glorify God in this? If it's not possible for you to glorify God in it, Gotta get away. <laughs> Run, man. Um, but if it is, if it is possible to glorify God in that area and you're not doing it, you need to ask God to help you. What are, what are some things I have to change? What, what do I have to tweak? What has to be refined here? Um, and then obviously if you look at it and go, yeah, I am glorifying God, keep doing it, man. Amen. But just take inventory in all areas of your life. Is he, um, is, is he over that? You know, is, is he number one priority in that area? And then let the questions ask themselves after that. Amen. Well, we want to say thank you for joining us. We appreciate your time. Again, if you didn't hit that subscribe, please subscribe. Please hit the like button. Also, if you have any comments or questions that you'd like to ask us, just write them below. And we encourage you to contact us. If you don't have a home church, please come and be part of the church. We'd be welcomed and blessed to have you as we grow together in Christ. <music>